Well, hey everyone, Pastor Stephen here, and I want to thank you for checking out this message from Journey Church. I hope that it encourages you, challenges you, and brings you closer to Jesus than ever before. If you are joining us today online or through the live stream, we are so excited that you are with us. However, we are not meant to do life alone, so don't let online media be a substitute for an actual community of faith and fellowship. God created us to do life with one another so that we can grow together on life's journey. We hope that you enjoy this message from God's Word. Well, welcome to Journey Church today. We are only 12 days away from Christmas. That is so hard to wrap my brain around that we're only 12 days away. I want to thank you for showing up today, being here, being a part of our services today. I know that many are still uh, still watching online, so we want to welcome all of those who are watching live with us here today. Uh, I want to thank uh, Tom Reynolds for filling in last week. Uh, as you know, as many of you know, I've been out. I was sick. I, I did have COVID, um, but I am all better now, so uh, I, can, I can be around you now. Uh, I'm not contagious anymore, so... Uh, I'll shake any hands or give any hugs now that you want to get. All right. We are in a Christmas series of messages called A Weary World Rejoices. We took a break from our End Times series in order to look at this series called A Weary World Rejoices. By the way, I don't know if you knew this or not, but the song that we sang earlier today, Joy to the World, uh, that song, did you know that that was not a Christmas song? That that writer, the author of that, I think it was Isaac Watts who wrote that song. He wrote it as an end times hymn. He wrote it with a joy to the Lord for his coming again, his returning. Uh, It's a wonderful Christmas song. We sing it as a Christmas song. It's appropriate as a Christmas song, but that was the purpose in his writing was to speak to the return of the Lord and the joy that we can have in the looking forward to his returning. Well, two weeks ago, we started this series of A Weary World Rejoices, and we talked about why rejoice? Why should we rejoice? Why should a weary world rejoice at this time? And what we looked at two weeks ago is the first reason to rejoice is because Jesus is our hope. We can have hope because of Jesus, because of his coming and what he has done and what he has accomplished in this world on our behalf. The second reason that we can rejoice that we're going to talk about today is we can rejoice today because Jesus is our joy. He is our joy. We can find our delight and our hope in him. This was best illustrated in the coming of Jesus, in the announcement of Jesus' birth. In Luke chapter 2, we find an angel coming from God, and he spoke some specific words about the joy that we can have. Let's look at this together this morning as we launch into this message about joy. In Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, here's what the word of God says. It says, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. So there was a census that was taking place. This was the first census, the first registration, when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, 
because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You're going to find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Let's pray as we begin. Father God, I want to thank you for the privilege we have of opening up your word, but mostly, Lord, for the privilege that we have of having and experiencing great joy, that the coming of Jesus, our Savior, brought a joy to the world that the world had never known, that brought a joy to the world that the world would never know again apart from Jesus. I pray, Father, today that you would speak to our hearts about what it means to have joy and what it means to have true biblical joy and how we can have that kind of joy in our lives and in our hearts today. Lord, I do want to pray for those among us that are part of our family who are sick and ill, who are dealing with uh, this disease. And I pray, Father, that you would heal, that you would comfort, and that you would help those who are struggling. I pray, Father, that you would keep us safe and help us, Lord, to serve you with all of our heart. We invite you to this place. We want you to be here, Lord. We want your spirit to move among us. Speak to our hearts. Speak to our minds. And help us to bring honor and glory to your name. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Well, I want to draw your attention to the word in the middle of that phrase when God was speaking, the angels were speaking to the shepherds and he said these words, he said, you're going to have, I'm going to bring to you today good news of great joy. That great joy is so vitally important to have great joy in life, to understand great joy. And I want you to notice those two words together. He says, I bring you good news of great joy. I've said this before uh, a couple of years ago, talking about the idea of joy, but do you know what the difference is between great news or good news and great joy is? Well, the difference between good news and great joy is this. Let's suppose that one of you had a rich relative who passed away and left you an estate worth $10 million. And you came to me and said, guess what? I just got $10 million from a rich relative who passed away. And I would say to you, that is good news. It is such good news. I am so happy for you. That is good news. The difference would be if I had a rich relative who passed away and that relative left me $10 million, then it's great joy. Good news is when it happens to you, great joy is when it happens to us. Great joy is something inside of us that moves us, that changes us, that affects us in a deep way. 
God says, look, you're going to have great joy. It's good news for the world, but it becomes great joy when it becomes personal. Jesus coming into the world was good news for the entire world, but the entire world would not or will not receive him. The entire world will not and cannot receive all of that good news until they do. It will never be great joy. It becomes great joy when you personally accept Jesus Christ into your life as the savior of your life. Then it becomes great joy. Do you know that joy is a completely biblical word? Do you know that joy outside of God, real joy, is really impossible? It's a biblical concept. It's a biblical thing that we have to have to understand what joy really is. The world can talk about joy, but the world will never experience joy outside of Jesus himself. In the Bible, there are 25 different Hebrew words that describe joy. There are 10 different Greek words that describe joy in the Bible. Within the 35 different words that are used to describe joy, there are two main definitions that emerge. The two definitions of joy are these. These are the parts of what joy is. This is how to understand biblical joy. Definition number one of joy is that great joy, the Greek word is megas, where we get our word mega from, it means massive. Great joy is massive gladness and delight. That is definition number one, number one that joy is gladness and delight. Gladness. Gladness is something that happens from within. It's something that comes from the inside of you. It is something given by God. It is distinctly Christian in its origin. Samuel Dickey Gordon said this about joy. He said, joy is distinctly a Christian word and a Christian thing. It is the reverse of happiness. Happiness is the result of what happens of an agreeable sort. Happiness is what happens around you. It's what happens outside of you. It's what happens externally around you. It's the result of happenings. Joy, though, is different. Joy has its springs deep down inside, and that spring never runs dry, no matter what happens. Only Jesus gives that joy. He had joy, singing its music within, even under the shadow of the cross. What does that mean? Well, simply stated, what that means is this, that happiness is dependent upon my circumstances, my external circumstances, while joy is an internal condition of the heart. See, happiness is dependent upon having the right things, being in the right relationships, Happiness is dependent upon having the right materialistic things. Happiness is dependent upon the right circumstances. Having the right things happen in your life, that's happiness. It's based upon happenings. It's external in nature. Most of us are seeking after happiness. We want things to be smooth and peaceable. We want the right things to happen. We want to have the right materialistic things. We want to be in the happy kind of relationships. But that's not what joy is. Joy is not happiness. Joy is an internal condition of the heart. When God comes into my life, when he comes into my heart, he changes on the inside everything about my life. And then as a result of that, there is a deep well, a deep spring 
that feeds my heart, that causes me to have joy no matter what my circumstances or what my condition. Do you know that it's possible to be broke and have joy? Do you know that it's possible to be in a relationship that's difficult and yet still have joy? Do you know that it's possible to be diagnosed with a dreaded disease or a dreaded illness and still have joy? Because joy is not dependent upon anything outside of me. It's dependent upon what's inside of me. That's definition number one. Definition number one, the first part, all of these words in the Greek and Hebrew points to the fact that joy is a massive gladness within. Do you have that kind of joy? Do you have that massive gladness, that massive delight in your heart that no matter what happens outside of you, no matter what is happening around you, you still have a deep down sense of joy in your life? Definition number two that adds to that phrase or to that definition is this, that joy is not only massive gladness and delight, but it is also rejoicing or the ability to greatly rejoice. That is the second main definition of what joy is. Joy is gladness and joy is rejoicing. Rejoicing. Rejoicing is the outward expression of the internal joy within my heart. When Jesus came to this world, he came to bring great joy to those who receive it. It's good news to the world, but it's great joy to those who actually accept it. When you have the great joy of Jesus, you have a gladness deep down within your heart, despite what's happening around you, and you have a desire to rejoice. Do you know that that is what worship is about? Do you know that worship is the rejoicing it is the worship, it is the ascribing of worth to God, but it is the rejoicing of what God has done in my heart and in my life. Sadly, there are so many people that, that attend church that don't engage in worship. Maybe you say, well, it's not the kind of songs I want them to sing. It's not in the style I want them to sing. Or you just don't like to sing. Well, I want to tell you that joy is the rejoicing it's to make a joyful sound to the Lord. It is to pour out what is in your heart. It is the outward expression of what God has done in my life. Let me give you an example of this. This is one of my favorite videos of all time. It makes me smile every time I see it. Some of you have seen this video. I, I think I showed it a couple of years ago. This is the picture of what joy is, the rejoicing part of joy. Watch this video.
right, that is <clears throat> one of my favorite Christmas videos. <laughs> that is rejoicing. That is what it means to rejoice. That is the outward expression of the internal joy that is within my heart. The psalmist says it this way, then my head will be high above my enemies around me in his tabernacle. I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing, yes, sing praises to Adonai. He also says in Psalm 33, sing for joy to Adonai, you righteous. Praise is fitting for the upright. Praise Adonai with a harp. Sing praises to him with a ten-string lyre. Sing to him with a new song. Play skillfully amid shouts of joy. It is the outward expression. I just want you to notice how those two definitions really are connected. Rejoicing flows out of the internal gladness that is in my heart. And when I express that gladness in rejoicing, my joy in the Lord increases more and more. And so it becomes a perpetual cycle that happens. Again, singing and worshiping is to rejoice. And some of us don't sing. Some of us don't rejoice. Some of us don't have that gladness deep down within it. It just makes me wonder, is there really the joy of the Lord? Is there really that gladness deep down within? That desire to worship, that desire to rejoice in him. You know, you can sing and you can worship no matter what style of music or, or form of music or even what song is being played. It's about an internal desire to rejoice, to share my gladness, my delight in who God is. Well, with those definitions in mind, I want to look quickly at six things that the Bible says about joy in the Lord. What does the Bible say specifically about joy? There are all kinds of references of joy throughout the Bible, but I want to point out six different things or six different themes that the Bible talks about when it comes to true biblical joy in this world. The first thing I want to point out to you is that joy is embedded by God. Now, what do I mean by that? Joy is implanted by God. Joy does not come through your own self-accomplishments. It does not come through successes. It does not come through materialism. Uh, joy does not come through, uh, through gaining degrees, through having a different relationship or the right kind of relationship. Joy does not come through money. It doesn't come through the things that you own and the things that you have. Joy is something that is only implanted and embedded by God. It has to come from God. It cannot come from any other source. Now, the reason I say that is just look at the world around you. Look at celebrities and very wealthy people, actors, actresses. You look at people of, of power and prestige, very, very wealthy people who have all of the stuff. They have all of the accolades. They receive all of the accolades. They have all of the material possessions. And yet amongst them, there are uh, so many depressed people, miserable people, divorced people, even suicidal people. And what does that tell us? It tells us that joy does not come from anything external. It only comes through God. It is implanted by God. It is embedded in us from God. It is a result of what is called the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is given by the Spirit of God into our lives. Galatians chapter 5, it says this. 
But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. The first three things are about my heart, love, joy, and peace. Those are the three things that people are after in life, even though they can't verbalize it, even though they don't understand it. It is really the first three things that we are after as people. We want to be loved. We want to have joy. And we want to have a deep sense of peace in our hearts. Where does that come? It comes from the fruit of the Spirit. It is embedded by God. It is implanted by Him in our lives. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, Paul says this, You became imitators of us and through us of the Lord. After you welcomed our message in a time of great trouble with the joy, look where it's coming from, the joy supplied by the Holy Spirit. Joy comes from God. Great joy happens as a result of a relationship with God. You can't manufacture it. You can't come up with it in any other way. It, is come, it comes from God. It is implanted by the Holy Spirit. It is supplied by the Holy Spirit. If you want joy in life, first seek God. Ask him to come into your heart. Ask him to change your life. And if you do that, you will begin to experience a joy, a true biblical joy that cannot be understood or explained in any other way. Joy is embedded by God. Number two, joy can be extinguished by sin. Did you know that joy can be put out by sin? You have the joy of the Lord in your heart, but if you are walking in deliberate, willful sin, it will extinguish the joy that is in you. I want, to, I want you to notice these words out of Psalm 51. It comes from David. Now, David had committed a couple of major, major sins. He had had a man murdered. He sent him to the front lines of a battle, ensuring that he was going to die, and then he he committed adultery, or he did it in the other order. He committed adultery, and then he had the husband of the woman he committed adultery with murdered by sending him to the front line. He was a mess. David was a mess. He was broken. He had done deliberate, willful sin. And here's what Psalm 51 says as David was talking about this brokenness in his life. He says this, "'Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean.'" Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Now notice these words. Oh, give me back my joy again. That's gladness. My gladness is not there. My joy is not there. My joy is gone because of the willful sin, deliberate sin, the deliberate disobedience in my life. Please give me back my joy again. That's the gladness part of it. You have broken me, God. Now let me rejoice. That's the second definition of joy. It is the rejoicing. Give me back my joy inside and help me to rejoice once again. I can't right now because I am in sin. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me to the joy of your salvation. I don't have the joy right now 
because of the sin that is in my life, restore me to the joy of your salvation. That's the gladness. And make me willing to obey you. That's a, that's a byproduct. That is the part of rejoicing in the Lord. Help me to be obedient to you. See, many people think of sin in the major categories, like David, murder, adultery, Addictions. You think of sin in those categories, those big categories. But do you know that also gossip, bitterness, complaining, negative attitudes, being divisive, being jealous, being envious, being controlling, being angry is just as damaging because sin in my life will extinguish the joy of the Lord. So joy is embedded by God, but joy can also be extinguished because of the sin in my life. Some of you may be wondering today, why don't I feel joy? Why am I just not experiencing joy? I don't have a sense of gladness. I, I don't feel like rejoicing. Well, maybe examine your heart and ask the question, is there any sin within me? Are there any disobedient things that I am doing? Is there any waywardness in me that is extinguishing the joy that I want to have and maybe even once had. <clears throat> joy is embedded by God. Joy can be extinguished by sin. Number three, joy will be extended by faith and obedience. What does that mean? It means faith and obedience to God will bring joy into my heart. It really works hand in hand with the last one. Joy is extended. It's, it's, <clears throat> it's, it's extended by the the desire to have faith and obedience to God. Jesus says this in John 15, verses 10 through 11. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that, notice this, so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. Look at, the, look at the connection that Jesus just makes. If you abide in me, <clears throat> meaning you stay connected to me, you walk with me in obedience, you, you, you cling to me, you, you stay connected to me. If you abide in me and you stay connected to me and you walk in obedience with me, then my joy, he says, will be in you and then your joy will be full. That's the connection that Jesus is making. Walk with me in obedience. And if you do, my joy will be in you. And if my joy is in you, your joy is gonna be full. And that's what we're after, fullness of joy. Doesn't come from owning things. It doesn't come from having things. It doesn't come from accomplishing things. It comes from the implanted, embedded joy of God and me walking in obedience with him. And when I do that, his joy is in me and my joy becomes full. Romans 15, Paul says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and shalom. Remember, shalom was completeness, wholeness, fullness. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and shalom in trusting so that you may overflow with hope in the power of the Spirit. Where does the joy come from? It comes from trusting him in trusting, in abiding, 
in staying connected to him, in walking in faith and obedience, then I have joy. And then I have that kind of gladness that can't be explained. In trusting him, that's where that joy comes from. Elizabeth Elliot, who was an author, said this about joy. She said, the world looks for happiness through self-assertion. The Christian knows that joy is found in self-abandonment. Jesus said, if man will let himself be lost for my sake, then he will find his true self. To abandon yourself, to abide in him, to walk in faith and obedience with him, then you have his joy within you, and then you're able to have a fullness of joy that you have never known before. The world craves joy. The world craves hope. The world craves love. The world craves peace. The world craves belonging. But none of it can be found outside of Jesus himself. Number four, joy is expanded through closeness with God. It's kind of like a, a sponge, a dry sponge, a hard, dry sponge. And you put that sponge in water and it just expands. It opens up. It becomes full. That's what happens with closeness to God. When you are close to God, like a sponge, you just soak it in. You just expand. The closer you are to him, the more joy in life you feel. Psalm 16 says, you make known to me the path of life, abundance of joys. Not just a little joy, abundance of joys are in your presence, eternal pleasures at your right hand. In 1 Peter, Peter writes these words in chapter 1, though you have not seen him, you love him, and even though you don't see him now, you trust him and are filled with a joy that is glorious beyond words. Number five, joy will eclipse any circumstances. And this is one of the most necessary ones of the entire list. Joy will eclipse circumstances. In other words, no matter what your circumstances are, you can still have joy. Have you ever wondered how people who are being martyred around the world that we have talked about in our end time series, but those people being martyred around the world, how can they do so? How can they keep going and keep pressing on? How can believers around the world who are being beheaded for their faith, those who have nothing, who have lost everything, how can they keep going? It's because the joy of the Lord in their life surpasses and eclipses any of their circumstances. It is bigger than anything that they are going through, and it's bigger than anything you and I could possibly be going through as well. Habakkuk 3 says this, Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no fruit or food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, meaning everything has fallen apart. I have no money, no, no, no possessions, no influence, no power, no hope. I don't know where anything's going to come from, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. 
Joy happens despite circumstances. No matter what you're going through, what you are facing, what you have been through, joy is bigger than any of that. It eclipses all of that. That's why James says in James 1, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. You're going to go through hard times, but that doesn't mean your joy is going to be gone. You see, if all you are leaning upon is happiness and you go through hard times, your happiness is gone. But if you have joy as you encounter those trials, the joy will be with you no matter what you go through. In Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, it says this of Jesus himself. He says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, there's so many people that can witness to this. Because we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. How do you run that kind of a race? Well, here's how. You look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, what was the joy that was set before Jesus? Going back to his father's home, but also the ability to bring salvation to multitudes of people across all time and all, uh, all this globe, that's the joy because of that kind of joy that Jesus would have, he was willing to endure the cross, despising the shame, and he is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. How do you go through this? You know that my joy will eclipse any circumstance that I have to face. If Jesus's joy was bigger than the cross he had to suffer, then my joy can be bigger than anything that I have to go through in this world. Final thing, joy is not only embedded by God, it can be extinguished by sin. It will be extended by faith and obedience. It is expanded through closeness to God. It will eclipse any circumstances and it will encourage us to be grateful and enjoy life. Joy helps us to enjoy life. It's no surprise that the word enjoy has joy within it. How do you enjoy life? By having joy within you. You don't have joy within you, you're never going to enjoy life. You will always be disgruntled. You will always be negative. You will always be complaining. You will be jealous. You will be envious. You will never enjoy life until joy is deeply implanted within you. And when you have that kind of joy deeply implanted in you, it will help you to be grateful and enjoy life life. Psalm 68 says, but let the godly rejoice. Let them be glad in God's presence. Let them be filled with joy. Ecclesiastes 5.20, for he will not often consider the troubled days of his life because God keeps him occupied and focused on the joy of his heart and the tranquility of God indwells him. See, joy is one of those things that happens in life, not through circumstances, not through possessions, not through money, not through accomplishments, not through fixing your relationships. Joy happens when God implants his spirit within your heart. And when his spirit is implanted within your heart and you experience the fullness that Jesus offers, you will walk in the fullness of that joy every step that you take.
Finally, 1 Thessalonians, Paul writes this. Rejoice always, pray constantly, in everything give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Messiah Yeshua. How do you have joy? You have it through choosing to rejoice, choosing to let God come into your heart, choosing to have Jesus implanted within you, walking in fullness, not walking in sin, repenting of sin, asking for forgiveness of sin, choosing to be obedient to God. And when you walk like that and live like that, you will have a joy that transcends everything that you're going through. You will begin to, maybe for the very first time, enjoy life. Do you have the joy of the Lord? Do you have the good news of the great joy that the angels proclaimed? The good news that has come. Jesus is here. He is the Savior. A child is given. A son will be born. He will be wonderful counselor, almighty God, prince of peace. The governments will be on his shoulders and he brings that kind of joy. Do you have a gladness? Do you have a desire to rejoice? That's the kind of joy that Jesus gives us during the Christmas season. Would you pray with me? Father, I pray that we would have that kind of, that kind of joy, a joy that defies logic, a joy that, that is not dependent upon circumstances, Lord, I pray for those in this room today that do not have that kind of joy. Maybe in their hearts they feel bitter. Maybe they feel jealous. Maybe they are envious. Maybe they're full of gossip. Maybe they're divisive, Lord. Maybe they've just been negative and complaining. They're bitter, Lord. They're upset about their lives. And I pray for them, Lord, that they would have the kind of joy that comes from you the kind of joy that is implanted deep down within their hearts, the kind of joy that you give and that you give alone. It can't come from anywhere else, Lord. It doesn't come from anywhere else. We can be happy about things. We can be happy about circumstances, but real joy only comes from you. And so, Lord, help us to have that joy. Implant it and embed it within our hearts. If we have willful disobedience, willful sin that we are in right now, help us to confess it to you, to repent, to ask for your forgiveness, and to walk in fellowship with you once again. Help us to abide in you, to remain in you, to stay connected to you, knowing that if we do, you will provide us the joy that we need for life. Lord, finally, help us to be grateful and actually enjoy life. So many that don't, help us to enjoy life, Lord, as a result of having joy from you. Father, thank you for meeting with us today. As we leave this place, bless each one, protect each one, and help each of us to walk in your joy. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to that message from Journey Church. Be sure to stop by our website, journeychurchgillette.com, and check out past sermons and learn how to get plugged in with us. Also, if you would like to give to Journey to help us continue doing ministry in ways like this, 
just hit the Give button on our website to support us on this mission. Hey, I hope that you have a great day and may God bless you.